What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right, Russ, tell me again, what is the number one reason people are not financially free? Lack of access to cash. It's just mm. so simple, man. When And it doesn't have to be your cash, right? Because when you have access to a pool of cash, whether it's yours or your networks, and you have the opportunity, you have the time, or you have the experience, and you can build the relationship, as our friend Jeff Season likes to say, you have what it takes along with money in order to do deals. Today, let's break down the infinite banking concept. Let's make it super duper simple, okay? Because yes. I think oftentimes the big wide web has complicated this simple strategy of literally getting your money in a place that you can access it so that then you can start buying assets which produce passive income. 100%. Yeah, this is a this is a necessity. When people hear this term, they go search the web, things like, "Oh, I can get a better return somewhere else." Is that really the conversation here? No. We're not oh, talking about it. We're talking about cash. Right. Yeah, it, you hear all sort of stupid stuff on the internet and you don't know which things are right and I'm sure there's half truths in it all. You know, I don't need life insurance. I can get a better return. Like you said, it's too expensive. I have to buy this whole life insurance policy. I may not be insurable. Why would I want to pay interest to borrow my own money? All of these things we've heard in, in addition to all the quote unquote financial gurus who just say it's stupid. Just trust me. Right. Exactly. Well, today we break down what problems does the infinite banking concept solve? Secondly, how can I implement it? What are those simplified steps? And three, what are some of the big wins? What are the, the success stories and transformations that we've seen of people doing it? So, Joey, this is a, a good one. We go really long because it's the thing that has helped us get to where we are the fastest. So, of course, we want to talk a lot about it. Hope you enjoyed as you listen to this. Joey, get your chair. Let's pull up to the table and barely up. up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan. They call me the idea guy. Most because lack of faulty guy or bad internet guy just didn't sound so cool to me. But enough 
about me for a moment. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner. He's the Italian Stallion. He's got a license plate cover to prove it. Mr. Joe Murray. Stallion, good afternoon. What's up, brother? So glad to be with you. Tell me, today we're talking about how to simplify a very complex conversation for a lot of people, which is the infinite banking concept. Bro, this is, this is way overdue, way overdue. The thing that we are the most knowledgeable about, the infinite banking concept, can be the most complex thing if you go look all around the internet. And be honest with you, because we know so much, sometimes we confuse the obvious. I'm going to just lead with this. Nelson Nash, the man himself, the godfather of infinite banking, he, he says it in two words. Banking is... And I remember watching him face-to-face say this, and he'd always repeat himself, banking is. It's always happening around you. What infinite banking does is it allows you to not be in the position of banking happening to you, but you are actually the one stepping in the way of banking, getting the profit that is due you from financing all of life. And therefore, having a much bigger pool to share with the next generation. That to me is like, and I know that's still really big picture, but man, that's why this is worth us talking about this is you got to get this. You can't miss it. Well, we've got to get it, but we also need to simplify it and we don't need to overcomplicate it. And I think that that's where the financial gurus of the world have you know, naysay this idea is that they say, oh, it's overcomplicated, right? If you can't understand it, you can't get it on the back of a napkin. Well, we're going to get it on the back of a napkin today. But also, we're not going to not get into some of the most important benefits and why we use it and how it helps us and has helped thousands of hundreds of thousands of people, right? So, Joey, thankfully, you and I are not the only ones in the room, right? We've got the dream team of financial coaches to my left, I got Mr. Incredible. His superpower is speed to financial freedom. And the real beauty is that speed is contagious. My man, J.D. Hill, say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, fans. <laughs> Listen, can I be can I be honest? Please. Not that, I'm ever, not that I'm ever not honest, but for some reason, <laughs> I just felt like I needed to, to, to lead in with that. I can't not smile every time you make that intro. Right when you get to the speed part, I'm like, man, I love it. So I... I, I uh, I'm just I'm just happy to be here. Uh, I think this is a great topic, uh, and I, I'm excited to get into this topic because I'm a technical guy by by nature, so I like to get into the weeds and overcomplicate things. Uh, so this is really going to help me uh, simplify a concept that to me is in my mind it's simple because I understand it, but I tend to overcomplicate it. So I'm really excited to get into this particular topic. Nice. Well. You you have done such an amazing job of helping me simplify this, right? Like you're the king of spreadsheets and I like seeing things. I like seeing numbers, right? So hopefully at some point today, you'll, you'll share that for those who are watching. If you're not watching, I'm going to encourage you to take this over to the YouTube page and watch some of the conversations that happened today because our goal is to help the visual connect the verbal. All right. Let's get over to your right, though, JD. Let's bring in the retiree of the group, Mr. Catch Me If You Can. He's not killing bears with his bare hands or spirit diving for tuna. He's right here dropping gold nuggets, the one and only 
Mark Caraguchi. Welcome, Mark. Good afternoon. Oh, you know, nothing makes me happier than when you say we're going to simplify something. Uh, if, if, if any of you guys are listening, if you know a pilot, if you are a pilot, man, just just break it down for me. I, I, I don't need all the other stuff. Just give me the simple stuff. That's why airplanes have checklists, because I just need to know the minimum things that I need to do so that we don't fall out of the sky. That's Because <laughs> there's way more stuff we could do. But let's just keep it simple so that we can take off and we can land and everything will be safe. Man, please keep me in the sky. It is my, my wife squeezed my arm so hard being in that little 10 person uh, prop plane. <laughs> oh, I just like, we're totally safe. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm grateful though. I'm looking over here at the guy that we like to refer to as the true financial Sherlock Holmes of our day. No problem too difficult to solve. If I'd only known him earlier, I'd be so much richer, said everybody. Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Nice to see you, Ern. Man, nice to be seen. Good afternoon. It, this is like the, by the way, this is taking us back to the old days, right? Not that Jamie and Matthew and Eric, I, I love them being on here, but like, I feel like we're having like a little family reunion. Like this is, this is taken back to the original crew. Yeah. Way back about three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Ern, how are we going to simplify the infinite banking concept today in 35 to 40 minutes? <laughs> well, we're going to stay out of our own way. Number one, because you're right. We, we can break this thing down deep and Mark, actually you, you talk about, as an aviation engineer, keeping things simple. Well, that's a really rosy way to uh, to spin that out. Actually, say that the engineer uh, type is probably not listening to this podcast because it says simplified. And you engineers of the world, y'all like to complicate the mess out of stuff. So I'm not so sure about that. So how are we going to do that? We're going to focus on the C of IBC, which is concept. And I think so many people out there get confused and think that this is the infinite banking product when this is actually the infinite banking process and concept. So if we understand what the concept is and keep that simple, I think that's going to clarify a lot of things, people's minds. All right. I'm, I'm going to give us an outline for today that we can stay within that can help you as you're listening to this, understand what's what. So let's first uncover what problems does this concept solve for, right? Because at the end of the day, if we don't understand why we're trying to solve a problem, we don't need a solution for it, right? And when the problem is clear, the solution becomes even that much more obvious. Secondly, let's break down how do we actually implement this? Because there's a lot of different ways. It kind of gets confusing and we assume always should apply to me. And that's not the case at all. But also we, we listen to little bits and pieces and we say, well, that doesn't fit my situation that it must not fit at all. But there's so many different ways in which this could be implemented. Nelson aptly named this the infinite banking concept. True? All right. Yes. La lastly, people all the time say, man, not people, who's people? The naysayers, right? The gurus out there, the people, the haters. I'm I, I'm grateful for you, but I, I love the haters. Like, give me an extra a comment on the YouTube page for this, right? I love this. But one of the things that I've heard from the haters, the naysayers, is that the only people who win in this concept 
are those who sell it, right? This is just a new sales idea that helps make money for the insurance industry and the agents within that industry. So I would love it, guys, if we could help give um, vision for the person listening of what are those big wins? How do other people win? And what are those success stories that we've got to see firsthand in the transformations that happen? You guys good with that? I'm all over it. Yeah. Sure. All right. Let's let, let's let's start with you, JD. What problem does IBC solve? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. Um, for me, uh, I think it solves the problem of having access to cash. And um, I say that because it actually reminds me of a client. So my background, for those that that haven't heard before. Uh, I'm much like you, Russ. I started in the traditional financial planning world. Um, I worked with the, for a big box financial planning firm, Fortune 100. You know, built a team, uh, had had you know the advisory licenses, managed assets. I mean, I, I did the whole thing, and I spent seven years too long in that business. Uh, and and I left that business feeling like, man, I got into this business to make a lot of money and to help people and to 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 you know, become financially free myself. And I left not feeling very financially free at all when I left. And what was kind of the catalyst for me to start wondering and really processing through this was a couple that I was working with. And um, we'll call them uh, uh, John and Jane for the purposes of anonymity. Um, they had done a phenomenal job of saving money, just like they're supposed to. They had built up probably a million or so in retirement accounts between their pension and their 401ks and all that kind of stuff. And um, they'd had a chance to purchase uh, a piece of investment property. And they came to me and they're talking to me about it because I'm the one, I'm their guy, right? I'm helping them manage all their stuff. Mind you, and I'd always sold away from real estate, right? I was like, you don't want to do real estate. That's not, you know, there's all this weird stuff that could happen. You got tenants, you got toilets, you got things that could go bad. You don't want that. Uh, largely because I couldn't make money on that, but that's a separate conversation. Well, the point was, is that they were like, no, this is what I want to do. I want to get into this space. How do we do it? And I'm like, your, your money is stuck. Like, unfortunately, you literally can't get it out even if you wanted to. And, you know, they had a large net worth on paper. Um, but the problem was, is that you can't eat net worth. So, so they had no liquidity. They had no access to cash, even though on paper, they'd done everything right. But they had no way to actually take advantage and take action on the opportunity that actually presented themselves to it, that presented it to themselves. And that was just such a frustrating dynamic for me that I'm like, what's going on here, right? Um, and so they left looking at me as if I'd, I'd failed them. And I'd just done the best I could given the information that I had, right? I thought I was doing a good job by them you know, by helping them appreciate, grow and accumulate their assets the way that people are, you know, are told to do. So what you're saying is a problem that many people have experienced, just like John and Jane, is they didn't have access to cash. It was put in places that they couldn't touch. And you're saying IBC solves that problem? It totally solves that problem. And I, I can speak from personal experience and how that solves that problem. Right. Would you just give me just a, a snippet? I, I know I got to get around the table here, but yeah, like help me understand how does it solve that problem? Here's how it solves that problem. I left the traditional financial advisory world right after seven years of being in it, had no cash to be able to actually start a business and, and restart my financial services career. So I was basically starting from ground zero. I get connected to other folks just like this that are talking about 
you guys, right? Passive income and IBC. I start implementing this and within six to 12 months, I'm able to take action and buy, uh, uh, get into short-term rental arbitrage all because I had access to cash. Now I had a means to which I could access capital. And I'm going to make it even simpler for you listening to JD. Most of you are like, oh, that was simple enough, but for the Russ and Joey's of the world who needed even broken down with crayons, the cash that we put in these life insurance policies immediately translate to cash value. And unlike Lloyd and uh, Harry's IOUs, that is as good as cash. Okay. <laughs> good as cash. As good as cash. It's all accounted for. <laughs> all right. Stallion, tell, tell me what problem does IBC solve for? You can't hit me uh, right after you make a, a dumb and dumber quote joke. Like I just, I, I go right back into, you know, my, my freshman year of college or something like that. Um, no, the, the other, the other thing I think that it does is it gets rid of the confusion on where cash needs to reside, right? It simplifies life. It puts your cash flow on autopilot. And let me explain what I mean. There's tons of ex experiences like this that I've had with people, but one in particular, Josh, uh, one of the members of our mastermind, has a great business, thriving business, tons of cash flow going into a system where it goes into his personal account and he's trying to do everything out of this one account, right? He's trying to, to save, he's trying to invest, he's trying to pay his taxes, he's trying to um, spend uh, you know, within a budget, so on and so forth. And it's all commingled into one place. And so what does that do? It doesn't really make clearer how much he can actually invest, how much he can actually turn that into passive income. And so when he started to implement infinite banking, he's, he now started a process where his money flowed past his personal expenses into this new system, this IBC system that he can borrow from and invest. And those cash flows from the investment flow right back in to his system. And he can see it and he can track it and he can measure it. And then what we know from the show, what you measure grows, right? Come on. And, and JD, you, you said it well when you said that. But the bottom line is, is if I can put my cash flow on autopilot, then there is a much lower chance that I'm going to spend all the money. I'm going to increase my lifestyle too fast. It puts certain governors in place and allows me to get to financial freedom that much faster. And man, seen it over and over and over again, but man, this plan works. Love it. Mark, what problem does this solve? Oh, well, you can talk about which ones it doesn't, but in terms of solving stuff, it does not break the compounding interest. And mm -hmm. so obviously we've got slides that show that, but I, I, I just want you all to think of it this way. If you've got an apple tree in the back of your yard and that thing starts making some fruit, are you going to chop down the tree to eat those apples? No, that would be interrupting the compound and interest. So Russ, go ahead and hit forward here. So if you finance everything that you do, you can either borrow money and pay it back or you can be diligent and you can save money and then liquidate it. But 
if you're doing that, really, let's take a look at where we finished. We're just chasing our way back to zero. You're, you're interrupting the ability of those dollars to compound and grow for you. No different than chopping down a tree just to get at the fruit. If you chop down the tree, you've killed any future growth that that opportunity could have yielded for you. But if you can let it keep growing and you just pick and choose the moments in time that you take some cash or some apples out of it. Hmm. So now here we can see your zero, rather than pulling out cash along the way and chopping the tree down, what if you can borrow against the tree? What if, what if you can pledge the tree as lumber and you go over to Joey's house, you cut down his trees. Um, <laughs> what do you think about those apples? <laughs> and now you can see that your system gets to keep growing. What I, what I love about this is that, you know, JD, you and I in the financial industry, we started out like that. There were so many times you'd say, what would you rather have, right? A penny, penny doubled or, you know, a million, a million five, bucks. yeah, it. whatever it was, yeah. right? Like how many yeah. times were you taught that uh, early on? And it was, the best. we were, we were talking about an accumulation of money. That's what the Wall Street world loves to talk about, right? Like get you seeing a mountain chart, mountain chart of any chart, like love mountains, right? And from a guy from Alabama at the time, never seen a mountain before. I I see like what you just said, Mark, the, the problem this is solved is it solves the problem of the cash always having to be used and never being able to be benefiting me and what my future plan is. But yet when we set up infinite banking, right, what are we doing? We're putting it in that account, which creates cash value, which is just as good as money. And we can borrow against it, meaning that we're not stopping that accumulation, which I'm okay with accumulation. I'm okay with having the, the nest egg at the end. But what we get to do is create assets with the money. Like we can take it because Robert Kiyosaki says an asset is what? Something puts money in your pocket. Anything that puts money in your pocket. So if I, if I borrow against it and I go buy something that puts money in my pocket, now I'm replenishing that account while the account is continuing to grow. And this is a confusing part for many people because they've never experienced anything like that, right? I won't, I go to my bank account, like Mark was sharing just a second ago. I take the 20,000 out, 100,000 out, million dollars out, whatever I'm investing. And I look back at my bank account after it's gone, there, there's nothing, it, there is no growth. And all I have is the growth of whatever I go and do it, use it for. The beauty of this is we get both. We get what the account could be growing at and what we used it for. Make sense? Is that simple? For sure. If it's not, please, like, let's challenge what is simple and what's not. How about for you, Ern? What problem is this solving? Uh, well, I'm going to cool off everybody's mind trying to wrap their wrap their head around that and and share something far more conceptual philosophical than those things i think a big problem that the infinite banking concept solves is lack of confidence in making good financial decisions and what i mean by that is what this concept does is allows you to be in the in the driver's seat the owner's box of these financial decisions and what the hand does, the mind remembers. 
what this does is it gives you a system to operate that you can control your own stuff. It gives you a system that you can operate that allows you to then build passive income from. And so just an example of this, so everybody's mind is cooling off, is there's a there's a couple, Russ, that you've been working with over the last 12-ish years that I've been able to partner with over the last six or seven years who have just come into an inheritance and a pretty sizable one. And because this couple had been implementing and using this process within their lives and their families' lives over the last 10 years, they had the experience and comfort level to know what to do with that money when the inheritance came in. They knew what to do and they had the confidence to stay in control of that money rather than abdicating the responsibility of its management to someone else. And so what they've done ultimately is they've gone and now expanded this concept by purchasing life insurance policies on their kids and on their eight grandchildren. <laughs> so that now their kids and their grandchildren are going to start to get their hands on using this process and being a part of that so that then their mind will remember how this is done and they, the whole family will gain confidence and making good financial decisions and be able to remain in control of that throughout their lifetimes, which this youngest grandkid is like four years old. You think about how long that's going to last. That's a long time to have confidence in making good financial decisions. Dude, how, how important is what you just said? Like how many times Russ, do we have somebody that joins the mastermind and they've been very successful? Financially, they've made a lot of money, but what is one of the biggest things in the back of their mind that is like bothering them? It's how do I pass this knowledge down to the next generation? Like they feel like there's a very good chance that their children are going to start over from scratch. And they're like, that's stupid. Why? Why wouldn't I be able to hand this down? And to Ernie, to your point, Man, the system, the concept of infinite banking makes that so much simpler. It doesn't take the responsibility of way to be an excellent investor, right? It just means that you know exactly where your cash is residing before it goes to work. And man, that's an easy system to pass down to the next generation as long as you take it you know, seriously. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the passive income operating system, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income it makes all the steps come together if you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener we've never given this away in public before go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash p-i-o-s there was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher's saying pop quiz day why because you were unprepared are you unprepared though for financial freedom don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. So we're breaking down what is the problems that IBC solves for. So we said access to cash. It simplifies our life. It 
it helps solve the constant interruption of compounding interest when we do something else. It helps us have more confidence in the financial decisions we're making. I'm going to add one more before we move to the next point, and that it provides an opportunity, a financial education for kids. You gave an example there too, Ern, but let me give you one more. When my daughter was getting ready to buy her first car, I needed to sit down with her and let her know that cars aren't free, right? <laughs> that money does not grow on trees other than they're made of the fruit of a tree, right? And in order for us to continue this process through life, I needed her to understand how financial markets work. But the problem is, is with kids, and we all experienced this probably early on too, that these are big words to us when we're little and we don't understand what they mean. But when things have our name on them, it becomes more real, right? And when, when I bought life insurance policies on my kids, they now had their names on accounts. And so I, was, I sat down with her and I showed her her two life insurance policies. I showed her the cash value, which is just as good as money to see here's where this money is. But then I got a chance to start educating, mm. right? We can use this cash to just go buy a car. But if we do that, we won't have any cash, just like Mark said a second ago. So we better use it to buy assets. And so we made a very clear distinction that the use of the money in our life insurance contracts are only available to buy assets. But what did she ask me? Why were we having the conversation? Dad, how do we get the car? Well, now we have to create cash flow from these assets. That's what an asset is to be able to afford the car. So in this process, I was able to show her her accounts. I was able to then show her how to go buy an asset that would produce enough income to do two things, pay for the monthly payment on the car and replenish the account. And I did a video on this. You can go on our YouTube page where I talk about how I showed my daughter how to um, buy a car with STR, short-term rentals, and IBC. We'll make sure we get that in the show notes as well. All right, let's talk about how to implement this. Joey, you said early on, you remember Nelson talking about banking is. I remember him vividly also saying that there's three rules to banking. Rule number one, you must think long range. Remember when he was telling us this, he was in his late 70s, ultimately early 80s. And he would say, you got to think 50 years down the road. You're not going to be here, neither am I. But we need to create a plan that would accomplish that. Secondly, he said, you can't be afraid to capitalize. Can't be afraid to put money in this thing. And I think that too often times people only put money like pennies into things because they're so afraid that they can't get access to the money, which we've already solved, right? And the third thing is you can't steal the peas. And what he was saying is you, if you're going to borrow against the money, you got to have a plan to pay it back. Otherwise it won't be there. And what are we talking about? So I want to, I want to talk a little bit about thinking long range. Earn. Help me, help me with this. Help me understand how to implement IC, but also how to think long range. 
Yeah. Well, as you're sharing things that Nelson Nash told us, yeah, this this first rule, think long range is certainly one of them. And within that, he said several other things. And that was this, if this concept is going to be a primary business of the family, then we need to think of it like a business. And when you start a new business that's never existed before, it's going to take some time for it to become profitable. So if we think short range about this concept and we try to grab a spreadsheet like JD loves to build Come on. <laughs> and we look at just the first five years and that's all we look at, we might be a little bit disappointed. If we think long range, we think about starting this business. And one thing that Nelson Nash would talk about is, is the business of, of uh, owning timber and harvesting timber. He'd give the example of, of waiting for that to grow and then rotating how you harvest that. So you create something that only not only creates income soon, but it creates income continuously. And I think that's a helpful example of thinking long range. And so how do we do that? Well, I shared about this couple a few minutes ago who received this inheritance and set up and is expanding the system to cover the next two generations. And I'll try to cut out all the all the details that I can, but simply part of our conversation as they were doing this is one of the grandkids is getting ready to go to college. Russ, you'll be happy to hear going to Auburn. <laughs> so good, good for them, right? And as they're going down there, the the parents, right? So generation number two is thinking about, well, how can how can we provide housing for our son who's about to start? Can we buy a house? and have him live in this house with some roommates and they're going to pay for they're going to pay for housing whether it's in a dorm an apartment somewhere else what if we could buy a home and have all of them pay rent back to us as we own this home it was a creative idea and so they're working with generation number 1 to come up with the down payment and part of this conversation as we were talking through this was well how much are we going to charge the son to live there and so we went back and we're applying some of the basic principles of the infinite banking concept and saying, hey, we don't need to just charge for the mortgage. We need to charge fair market rent because that money that you're putting into this house, you didn't get it for free, right? Somebody had to work for that money at some point, And we always want to assign the appropriate value to the dollar. And so those principles applying that through the family, three generations, that is long-term thinking. And so I'll just sum it up this way and say, for the son who's very much getting engaged in this process, for the grandson who's very much getting engaged in this and is going to get the experience of what family banking is about, that lesson of paying fair market rent is going to prepare him for when he loans his future children money and keeps all this going in a profitable way of this long-term business within the family. So good. All right, let's 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 jump to don't be afraid to capitalize. JD, help me understand what are ways to capitalize? What does that uh, mean? Yeah, so uh being afraid to capitalize I think is something that I've just personally struggled with and it's it's and I think it's because of my background, right? Coming out of the traditional financial planning world where I put money somewhere and I can't touch it, right? That, that's where you, that's where my mind goes. Is I'm going to put money somewhere that I know is for the long term. It's supposed to accumulate, and I can't touch it. 
And so I think from my perspective, it's, it's the idea of not being afraid to actually fund your system, knowing that the intent is that you use it, mm -hmm. right? Knowing that when I put a dollar in, I need to be thinking immediately, how can I go and maximize that dollar, right? It's not to put it in and wait, it's to put it in and start implementing and utilizing IBC. And so to that end, some of the ways that you can capitalize have to do with obviously how you fund your, your, your system, whether that's monthly or with annual cash flow. Uh, but my favorite is with lump sums. My favorite is when you've done a good job of saving yourself and you've got cash that you've got reserves sitting on the sidelines. That's my favorite, right? Because we can actually take that and put it directly into your system, create immediate liquidity that you can go and now start creating investments with that you were ordinarily going to invest with anyways. But now you're just doing it much more efficiently. And it reminds me of someone that I was actually meeting with yesterday. Uh, his name's Josh. Um, and do you mind if I share my spreadsheet? Man, that'd be awesome. I love spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, I'm a uh, wrong one. This one. Who doesn't love a good spreadsheet? I love spreadsheets. So I built this for exclusively for our passive income mastermind. And um, it it's specifically to show what do you have, right? Where are all of your 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 uh, equity holdings, if you will, all the the uh, uh, access to potential cash. And then I build it out, say, what are the, the potential, you know, uh, investment opportunities, passive income opportunities that we can make. But I'm looking at this. He's done a phenomenal job of investing here in real estate. He's got a brokerage account. He's got some, some traditional retirement funds, uh, money sitting in prison. And then he's got all this cash sitting or all this money sitting in cash, basically. Now he's got some existing IBC policies, which is our, our uh, part of his IBC system, which is great. You know, but but the bulk of this is three hundred ninety three thousand dollars. Well, he's also got basis in his Roth IRAs that he can take out penalty and tax free, equating to about seventy grand. So initially, he was wanting to to do a lump sum of about two hundred thousand dollars, and and I'm I'm talking to him and I'm like, Josh, you have so much capacity here. Why are we limiting to just two hundred? What are you going to do with the rest? He's like, well, I'm going to invest it. And so because I was able to walk him through this spreadsheet of saying, look, you actually have the potential of almost, almost $1.15 million of cash that you could potentially deploy. And he's like, I've, I've never looked at it from this perspective, right? And that's just basically adding up, you know, if you were to do a HELOC, you know, if you were to surrender all these dollars here, right? I'm just adding all that up. And I said, well, if we just, if we just dumb this down a little bit, and said, what, what is the available cash that you have between your, your, your Roth basis, the money you have in your brokerage account, and then the remaining cash that you have net of your existing, uh, I, two, two other IBC uh, systems that you have set up. And that's $465,000. And so as we're talking through this, he's starting to get more and more comfortable because he can visually see that all he's doing is just reorienting the capital, putting it from one account into another. But his fear was he was afraid to capitalize because he couldn't see the big picture. He couldn't see how all that cash was actually going to become available for him to use. And so he had a fear to capitalize because he still wanted to hold on to some of it. And so this was extremely helpful for us to be able to build this out and then to be able to show him going forward on the, on the, the following tabs, how we can take his passive income to what he has of $1,200, right? To, 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 to get to equal to where his expenses are. And so this was an extremely helpful uh, way for me to demonstrate to him not to be afraid to capitalize.
Well, and the beauty is, is that people don't even know that. Most people think, well, the only way I can capitalize these life insurance policies, because this is the only thing I've ever heard or been taught, is I put in monthly amounts or That's annual right. amounts. But they haven't been shown that there are ways creatively to get lump sums in there as well. That's right. And that lump sum doesn't go all to insurance costs. So it's not like 99% of it's going to pay commissions just almost the opposite. True. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. When we look, yeah. When we look at how we build these things out, it's, it's, it's incredible. So almost, uh, almost a hundred percent of, of that lump sum is going directly into the liquidity to be able to start using right away. This is, this is a key point to why it's so important to know that, Hey, even if, if I'm going to go down this infinite banking trail, not only do I need to partner with a coach who knows what infinite banking really is, and there's just a fraction of people in the world that actually knows what infinite banking is, but even narrowing it down even further, people who know how to use it, and you know how, if they uh, know how to use it, they can actually demonstrate it through their own stuff. <laughs> they can say, let me show you what I have done. Let me yeah. show you the system. Like Joey, when we built the passive income operating system, it was just, it was easy for us to create because it was just what we were doing. It was how we right. were operating our own systems. That's when you know you're working with the right person. Not that they're smart enough to know what infinite banking is, or they're smart enough to actually set up the system where you can get a lot of cash in there, but they also know how to use it properly as the tool. Cause that's all it is. It's not the end investment just a tool to get you to passive income being greater than your monthly expenses. I love that. Joey, you, you, right. you, you want to hit on this capitalization part a little bit too. Yeah. I wanted to just kind of jump on there. The, the issue with like, if you think about how Nelson said this, don't be afraid to capitalize. Why did he say that? Well, number one, he knew that people are already fearful of putting things into financial instruments, putting money into financial instruments. Why? Because the other financial instruments that they're used to funding almost always, without a doubt, limit their access. And or they also have an issue with um, not knowing what to do with it. And so those two things, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say infinite banking um, helps you to get over those fears, but it, it certainly does. In certain, like, so give me two, two ways it helps. Number one, when you put cash into a place that you can access, it immediately starts to make your brain say, what can I do with it? So it forces you to go get the education that you need. Otherwise, you just feel dumb. You're like, man, why am I leaving this money over here just collecting dust, right? And the second thing is once you start, in, many people do this, they start with that bunny hill policy. Right. That that first one, Russ always talks about mine was two thousand a month because that's all I thought that I could do. And but as you do it and what Ernie said, um, that what you what you do, I, I don't know how you said it. How did you say it, Ernie? What the hand does, the mind remembers. There you go. What he said, which he quoted from somebody smarter than all of us. But the point is, is once you do it, you start thinking, oh, wait, I just unlocked a part of my brain that has been dormant. And you start seeing things as opportunities. And it does not shock me that people in our community, just the other day, um, Garrett in our community said, oh, I wonder if I could use this mutual fund now 
to do this deal because I think it's going to help me get to financial freedom so much faster. I can use that to fund my policy and then go and do the next big thing that I have in mind for passive income. That So when you don't, you're not afraid to capitalize, bigger things happen. It's like a compound effect. So that's my two cents on that. All right. So there's three ways to implement. First, you got to think long range. Secondly, you can't be afraid to capitalize. We, we've hit that one over the head. Let, let me bring the clarity to the final point here. Don't steal the piece. And if you've read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, you know exactly what Nelson was referring to. You went to a grocery store example. If you haven't read the Becoming Your Own Banker, you you have an opportunity, as Nelson used to say, right? You can go on Amazon. You can go on our website. There's many different places to be able to purchase this book. And now it's even available in an audible version, which used to not be able to be. But I'm going to give you an example here. Don't steal the piece. The first two things made sense to me. Think long range. Don't be afraid to capitalize. But here's how the don't steal the peas came together is that I was sitting there looking uh, at, I was managing money for a guy who had a, a lot of money sitting in cash. It was right after the market crash. There's a lot of fear and, and you know, and what to do with money and very similar to now, right? A lot of volatility. And he came to me and said, hey, reading this book, Coming Your Own Banker, I realized that my daughter has been borrowing money from banks for this business that she has. Could I set up this infinite banking system where maybe I could even insure her life? I could take this cash that we've been sitting on and then I could turn around and lend from the cash values to pay off her, her debt as a business. And then she could just start paying me. I was like, absolutely, right? Like that's the whole concept of banking, right? That's all the banks doing. They they're technically already doing it, right? They're they're using your money in the bank and lending it to her, but they're getting all the spread. He goes, well, can can you help me think through this? Can you help me like organize this in a way that we could do it? And so I came kind of gave him a back of the napkin version, and of course, then they went and got the proper a council on exactly all the things to do with taxes and legal and make sure everything was set up properly. But before they did, he came to me and said, what rate do you think I should charge her? And I said, well, what rate is she paying right now? He said, she's paying 7.95. So JD, he came to me and says, well, what rate should I charge you? What do you think most people would think? Right, this is my daughter. She's paying seven point nine five. I'm earning at the time he was earning like zero, maybe zero point five on his cash. What do you think most people would say? How much he should charge her? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, whatever he's whatever he's paying, cover the spread, right? Say, explain that. What, what do you mean by that? So if he if he's paying seven point nine five, then he would just basically transfer that to her, so she pays seven point nine five. Do you think, Joey, that's what most people, what most parents would want to do is to charge exact rate the bank was charging? No, they want to give them the family discount. Yeah, why not? I mean, look, I, I'm only earning 0.5. She's paying almost eight. Why don't we cut it somewhere in the middle, right? Like it, it's a good deal for her, a good deal for me. Now, when he asked me, what do you think I told him, Earth? What rate should I charge her? Man, I'm thinking, knowing you, you probably said something like 10, 12%. <laughs> I think I Double actually it. did say 10 to 12%. No, that seems shocking to most people. Well, why wouldn't I give a discount, 
right? Well, here's the key. How much of the 7.95, Mark, was she was paying to a bank? Was she ever going to get back? Just ballpark for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say she's getting back nothing. Nothing. All that money is going to the uh, owners of that bank, right? But if she pays 10%, for instance, back to her parents, and they don't spend that money, then there's a high likelihood she's going to be dividing that up with the other heirs, true? So why wouldn't she do that? And watch them uh, hopefully spend all that extra money in retirement on her and her family, right? Like, I mean... What what a beautiful thing that most people have never even had a chance to experience. So I think they end up charging the 7.95. But the beautiful thing is that is don't steal the piece. Don't, don't assume that we should charge a le less rate. Charge the rate that is being charged to you already because it didn't change her cash flow, but it significantly changed the cash flow of the parents. And it's going to have lasting long-term range effects, kind of like your story earned. All right. Let's get to our third point. So first points we were hitting was what problem does this solve? Second is how do we implement it? Now we're covering what are those big wins? Is, are there wins for people in this other than just life insurance agents making large commissions? Mark? Well, I hope there are. I mean, otherwise it defeats the whole purpose. I, I, I One one couple comes to mind. They uh, have a thriving, uh, like a red box, uh, water distribution, ice vending machines. And so they built up this really cool set of side businesses. And when the infinite banking concept came to them, he was like, I've heard this before, but now that, you know, now that we're here, let's go ahead and do it. So we started setting this up on him, his wife and their, and their all their children. And I said, well, you know, help me, help me see the long range goal here. Right. Because there, there has to be an end game goal. And he said, well, I want to do this. I want to set this up. And then I want to start building these other businesses. So that within about seven to 10 years, I can sell this primary batch of businesses. And I said, great. How much do you think you're going to get for that? And so he gave me the number. I said, perfect. And we took a look at the potential future cash value of his life insurance that we were setting up. And he goes, oh, that's perfect. He said, yeah, it's going to be potentially about the same amount, if not somewhere in that ballpark. But I said, let's fast forward seven to 10 years from now. What's the difference? I said, you've built these other companies in addition to the one you have, utilizing the cash value within this policy. And now you've got these side businesses. You sell your primary batch of businesses. Where's that cash going to go? We'll take a page out of Nelson's book. Where's the windfall going to go? Windfall goes right back in to pay down all those loans he had used. So now he's got a set of new businesses, which is providing cash flow in the future. He's got all this new cash value that's been refilled within a system and then some, by the way, he also provided security and safety for his family along the way. It's a hat trick. It's a threefer. And I'm like, dude, this is amazing. What do you think? And he goes, I'm just really thinking, I wish I would have started earlier. Wow, man. I mean, that's just something I think so many people say to us, right? Is I wish I would have started this earlier. I wish I would have understood this earlier. JD, tell me, I know you've already told us a couple of stories, but I'd love to hear at least one more success story of someone winning big from the infant making concept. I mean, how big? 
Right? I mean, it's re- it depends, Mark. <laughs> it depends. It does. You know, <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll, so I'll give you a recent example. Uh, working with a, uh, uh, a a real estate investor, and um, you know he's he's had great success up to this point, and you know he's probably doing I don't know fifty or sixty thousand a month in passive, and he's about to sell uh, a, a a piece of of real estate that he owns. He's in mobile home parks, and he's going to net probably two million bucks, three million bucks. Well, we're talking through IBC, going through that exact spreadsheet, right? And helping him map out how he can continue to expand and grow. And and I was able to show him how he could expand faster and and, and, and more safely by implementing IBC. And so we're going to put $2 million into his IBC system in year one. And, and the impact that that's going to have on his ability to continue to expand in his real estate portfolio is, is unbelievable. Not only that, the impact that he's going to have too, from a legacy standpoint is going to be unbelievable because that's going to be, I think that's also one of the biggest pieces that gets oftentimes overlooked is the legacy piece, right? Uh, and, and so the legacy that he's going to be able to leave beyond just the real estate that he's already going to have is, is, is tripled. So Russ, uh, you've asked us all for these, these stories. What about you? Well, I'm going to wrap this up because I know we're running long, but I've been working with a couple for, man, going back to 2008. Uh, Let me me take my shoes off here. (laughs) I think that's 15 years roughly. Right. And they were one of the first people that I introduced this concept to. I got a chance to to visit with them and the guy was finishing dental school and we were talking about finances and just trying to dream into the future. And he, he, he said, look, I, I want a place to put cash. And I, I know, you know, as time goes on, I'm going to expand this dental practice. I've got grand ambitions to, to not working into the seventies, like every other dentist that I've ever met that's basically dying in their dental chair. So my goal is to be done around 50, 50, 55 tops. So I need a plan that's going to do that. And I know the first plan is I've got to invest in myself. It's like I've invested in my, my education of getting this dental school degree. And, you know, but I know I'm going to need to invest in my business and grow it. And so I'm going to need access to cash. Where can I put it? I just learned, hey, the best place to store cash is not in checking accounts, definitely isn't in the mutual funds and all this other garbage. It was in cash value. So I said, hey, here's a place we can store cash. And at the time, I knew nothing about passive income. And he didn't care. So he started storing it. And a couple of years go by, Joey, he gets to a point where he can buy into a practice. So he did. Turns out that ended up not being the best practice for him. So he sold it, put the cash back into uh, the life insurance loan, repaid it, and found another practice that he could just buy himself. And so he took a loan bought that practice. A couple of years later, he comes back to me and he's been doing a good job. I'm storing six, uh, large six figures into this account. And he says, Hey, I need, I need to build a building. I need to, I, I need to get bigger. So he did, he borrowed money, built a building and went out and hired a couple of associates to come in and help him. And then started renting some of his building to, to people. All of this was possible because he had access to cash from his cash values. And as the money starts flowing back in, eventually that associate says, hey, I'd like to become a partner. So he comes to me and says, Russ, 
I'm going to have this, this large amount of money. This guy's going to be buying into my practice. What am I going to do with it? I was like, well, man, we're going to have to start some, some more life insurance policies, man. We don't, we don't have a big enough place for this cash to run through. He said, yeah, I know. And so we started insuring, you know, employees. We started insuring the kids and he started doing that. And then we, we were borrowing against it, putting money in it. And he comes to me about three years later, says, I got another partner. God wants to buy into it. We need to get some more life insurance policies in order to insure all of this. And then about three or four years ago, he goes, hey, I've been listening to you guys talk about this passive income. I think I know how to do it. And he starts borrowing against his cash value to do private lending because he has a huge network of people, right, that are coming to him and they're looking for, for opportunities. And so for the last handful of years, he's done an amazing job of building passive income. But what he's also done is created an amazing business that he's getting ready to sell. And he's just a couple years out of his goal of being able to leave the dental practice and have enough passive income that exceeds his monthly expenses. And he's going to have multiple seven figures built up in cash values that he can continue to replicate that process. I look back at that because that's a 15-year scenario when people say, what is a big win for somebody in the life insurance using this life insurance as a way to create financial freedom, I point to that guy and what he and his spouse were able to do, which is amazing. All right, we're, we're out of time, guys. Final word there, uh, Mark. Keep it simple. Find someone who can help you get it all set up and get it squared away and get around some people who are doing it so you can see how it's done. Earn, final thought. This concept is not complicated. Actually, it makes your life far more simple. It gets your hands on your dollars and gets you gaining experience, turning those dollars around, which builds confidence, which lets you do more. Russ, as you are telling that story, it just made me think of this. <laughs> How much more confident is he practicing uh, in his practice, owning the banking function, owning the loans to do all those things? He controls all that. How much more confident is he to go bigger? in his practice, which enabled him to sell off shares of his practice, which enabled him to build his system bigger. Ultimately, what he's doing there is just building the system, which is going to create the future income for him. That's winning. And it comes from having confidence because you have experience turning this cash over and over. I love that. All right, Stallion, final thoughts. Um, I think the the key to me is, is man, if you've ever been thinking that something is wrong with your current financial system, you're right. And most of it is you're scared because you've never been the person to take responsibility for your own finances. You were lied to, to say someone else is supposed to be doing that for you on your behalf. And this system that we just broke down is, as Ernie said, super simple. And to me, this is the this is the first step towards taking back what you've been abdicating to somebody else. It's your first step to responsibility in your financial future. And by the way, you can make leaps and bounds um, progress when you do, and you will shock yourself. That's all I'm going to say. So take the first step. Get on a call with one of these guys. Go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call and allow them to help you take that first step. Hmm. All right, JD, 
Round is out here. Um, I think it's important that you understand what IBC is versus what it isn't. And if you are listening to these knuckleheads out there trying to make IBC sound like the investment, run. IBC is not the investment. It's the substitute for your cash to enhance the investments that you're making. Um, so if you have anybody that's trying to pitch you on this as being like the end all be all as an investment, it's not. Those are not IBC practitioners. They're not trying to help you. They're trying to sell you. Um, understand where IBC is a fit versus where it isn't. Oh, so good. Well, thank you for listening to this. I hope this simplified the infinite banking concept for you, helped you have more clarity on where this fits in the whole process. As Joey said, an easy step for you is to go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash free call and then see, is this the right next thing for you? Where does this fit in your progress to becoming financially free? And then the second thing I would love for you to do, just like Clint just said in the chat, how can I send this to someone else? Because I want to share this with other people who need to hear this message. And I, I would appreciate it if you do that, because that's how people find us. Like, rate, review the podcast. We're grateful for you. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.